0: Jesus Christ, my living hope. You would follow close after your hope, wouldn't you? I think uh, back before we had GPS, when you'd be driving in a new neighborhood following somebody, you knew what their taillights looked like. And you stayed close enough that you kept them in sight. And uh, you didn't lose that person because if it's a new neighborhood, you don't know where you're going, you lose them. You know, I'm old enough to... Not have had a cell phone, or um, you know, trying to find something on a map wasn't always really really good either because didn't always have you know house numbers. And... So when you have your hope, you follow close. You follow close. As we've been talking about discipleship for for quite a time here, one of the questions that we keep butting into and 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 not as we start to try and explore it is: What does it mean to be a Christ follower? And I wanted to talk about that just a little bit this morning. Um, and I will do my very best. Uh, I, I believe the Holy Spirit has given me something to say. It's, it's always kind of exciting when you find out at 7 o'clock in the morning that you're preaching. Um, and I have, uh, I don't think, my, my wife could confirm for me, I don't think I've ever said no when someone called and said, would you? So uh, 7 o'clock is fine. Um, I, I will confess, I did kind of run around the house in a little bit of a panic, going, I have no idea what I'm going to preach on. Because I, uh, I was telling the, the group at nine o'clock, there are usually like three streams of thought running through my head at any time. I've got the, the, the nine o'clock hour on Sunday morning, I lead a Bible study on Wednesday night, I'm taking a, a class at Nazarene Bible College. So there's a lot going on. It's like, well, there's so much to pick from here. Where does all this go? And just, I was coming down the steps into the living room, and point, point, point. I said, well, that's got to be a Holy Spirit thing. So we're going to go with that. Um, And it was this idea of following. Um, Following doesn't always look the same, even when we follow the same person. Uh, Being a Christ follower is not going to be the same thing for me as it's going to be for you or you. It's not going to be the same thing for me today as it will be tomorrow, probably. Um, So I wanted to look at just some examples of what that means. And and, uh, I've already made my apologies to the 9 o'clock group. I'm going to pull a lot from what we've done in there. Uh, it'll serve as a reminder. Some of it, some of it is, is things I didn't really have time to talk about in that time. Well, We're going to start in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1. We're going to go 1 to 4. Um, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. So at 75 years old, Abram just, you know, doing his thing, living life, raising kids, taking care of his flock. And uh, a God who he probably didn't know very well. I mean, he didn't have a Bible to read. There was no long tradition, uh, no commentaries, no movies, or, you know, nothing. He just had the stories that had been passed down from, from previous generations. And this God appears to him and says, I want you to get up and go. Don't worry about where. Just go. I'll show you. At 75. Now, they were a little longer alive then than we are now, but still, I mean, at 59, I'm getting kind of settled. I mean, I'm ready for some some transition in my life and some new and exciting things to happen, but and they're happening, but um, not like when I was 25 or 30. When I was, you know, 25, they said, get up and go. I'd have gathered up my wifey, and we'd have gone. 59, I don't know, 75? God better be real plain about that one. Get up and go. And what did he do? He got up and went. Um, Now, I'm not going to try and tell his whole story, especially if I've got three points to make in in the time I have. But um, he had some adventure. He had some real adventure. And all he had was, go where I tell you to go. I will show you one step at a time. Amen. Where are you going? We've been talking about going a lot in, in terms of the Great Commission. Go and, uh, and take the Gospels. Teach what I taught. Um, have you been thinking about that? Where do I go? What does going even look like? You know, I don't know what your day looks like. I know what mine looks like. I leave the house at 6.30 in the morning. I drive an hour and a half. I'm trapped in a windowless office for, for seven and a half hours, eight hours. And then I drive another hour and a half home. And, you know, I do a lot of going, but there's not a lot of destination in there. Where, um, So I'd be a blessing wherever I can and whenever I can. I don't know what that looks like for you. What does Go look like for you and how much faith does it take chances are if you're going doesn't involve faith you're not following close enough there's a a phrase I don't know where it came from but it picked, picked up in a song it talks about following hard after Jesus and, uh, and that was, that's a, an image that really comes to my own mind when I think about following, when I think about going. That there is a place where Jesus is trying to take you in your walk. Is going to require faith. He's not going to show you more than a step or two down the line. Like J.C. was saying, today's got enough trouble. He's not going to show you too. And, and that's what Jesus said. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got, you know... Today has enough trouble. Worry about today. Live for me today. Walk for me today. Be obedient to me today. Wherever I tell you to go. It's not always go, though. Sometimes it's stay. Now, let me throw this in here because I don't want anybody to go to pastor and say, You keep telling us to go. And Scott said to stay. These are different contexts, okay? (laughs) I'm not saying anything that contradicts what Pastor John said here. But sometimes God says, stay. Now we're talking about Isaac, his son. Now there was a famine in the land, besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you, for to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands, and through your offspring all the nations of the earth will be blessed, because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands and my decrees and my instructions. Now, Stays. is that's not usually a term that upsets us too much, stay. I'm a sedentary kind of guy. You can tell. Um, I like being home. I like my house. I like my family. I love my dog. Tell me to stay home. I'm, unless it's somewhere, you're, you're like telling me I'm not allowed to go somewhere. Stay is pretty good for me. Context. What was happening? There was a famine. Now, if you've not read Scripture enough to catch the pattern, there is a pattern in the Old Testament. Every time there's a famine, they go to Egypt. Why? Well, there was food there. The Nile. Big, fertile areas. Food. Have you seen pictures of Palestine? Of Israel? Um, I mean, there are some places where they grow some pretty good food, but when it gets dry, it's dry. There was a famine in the land. They're getting ready to go to Egypt. What they do, you know. It's, I mean, obviously more involved. But you run out of food, you go to the supermarket. Farmer doesn't have land, you go to where the, or doesn't have food, you go to a place where the farmer has food. God said, "Stay, stay. Where it's going to be tough. It's not going to be pleasant." there's not going to be everything that you need or at least everything that you think you need. But I have a promise for you. You remember that promise I made to your father? He was faithful. When I said go, he went. Yeah, he was a knucklehead. He did some strange things along the way. He caused some trouble and God, he wanted to argue with me and all kinds of stuff. If, if you haven't read Abraham's story Recently, 9 o'clock gang, you guys have all heard this before. Read it again. There's, there's a lot of stuff there. Um, but God's conclusion to all that was Abraham obeyed me, and he was faithful. Be faithful and stay. And all the things I promised him, they're yours. Just stay in the land. Did Isaac do everything right? Nah. (laughs) Read those stories. But he stayed in the land. Who was his provision in that hard time? It was God. He followed hard after God to get to to get through that time of famine. So what are you staying in today? What has God called you to endure? Um, You know, we know some of your stories. We know some of the things that you're going through and the the challenges. And, you know, we want to help you get through those things and pray through those things. But, you know, we, we don't always share what's going on. We're not always right on top of what everybody else is going through. What are you going through where God is saying, stay? And how do you know the difference? <laughs> it's not easy. How do you know the difference? Well, you have to follow hard after Jesus. Jesus. How do we do that? This is a story, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but it's a theme I've I've hit on time and time again. You have to be in that relationship. You have to be in touch. You have to be in prayer. You have to be in the Word. And not just so you can check off that little box that says, I prayed today, and I read my Bible verse today, and I I did it out of my little bitty booklet, so that was okay because it didn't take long. But that relationship that living hope, close, tight. God loves you more than anybody in the world loves you. And he wants a deeper relationship with you than you can have with any other human being. And it's only through that intimacy that that we experience that. It's only through that intimacy that we will hear his voice when he says go and we will hear his voice when he says stay and it will know the difference between the two. Um, In our our, uh, lesson today, we read this next passage. This is Jacob, three generations in now. The man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel and said, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Um, Story there. Jacob Jacob was a deceiver. That's what his name meant. A schemer. Um, we've been talking about him for the last couple of weeks in 9 o'clock. He uh, was the younger of a pair of twins. Stole his brother Esau's birthright. Stole his brother Esau's blessing, which was like everything. When, when uh, Isaac went to bless his son and thought he was blessing Esau, he gave Jacob Everything. Everything. Esau wasn't happy. When Jacob left, he went to go find a wife, and, uh, and he left fear, fearing for his life. He really thought Esau was going to kill him. And again, if you haven't read these stories recently, read them, because there's a lot that goes into here. But finally, after um, years of, of conflict with his uncle Laban and uh, a wife that he, he, he didn't necessarily intend to have and one that he did intend to have and uh, a whole lot of more of deceit and negotiation. Jacob picks up and he says, I'm done with this. I'm going home. And he's on his way home. He has sent servants ahead and offerings for Esau, his brother, to try and make peace and, uh, and try not to get killed because he really is still afraid for his life. And uh, And he sends his family kind of to the rear of of the caravan so that they're farther away in case Esau does decide he's going to try and kill him. At least his family will be spared. And along the way, one night he's out sleeping and the Lord appears to him and starts wrestling with him. Now you read a few verses before this and there is no prelude. All of a sudden Jacob's in a wrestling match. And he is not going to let this go. All night long. That's a song cue. Sorry. Everything's a song cue for me. It's going through my head. Um, Not a church song. We won't sing that one. (laughs) All night long. And finally, the Lord says, enough of this is enough. And he puts his thumb in Jacob's hip joint and knocks his hip out of joint. And the battle's lost. But he hasn't given up. The Lord's like, let go of me, Jacob. You're lost. It's done. And Jacob's like, no, I am not letting go until you bless me. I am not letting go until you bless me. So he gives him a name. Deceiver's not your name anymore. It's not. Your name is Israel because you have struggled with God and man and you have prevailed. Now there's a name. I'm always kind of happy that my names are kind of short, all of them. Um, I don't know how that would have fit on a birth certificate. Prevailed with God and man or re- wrestled with God and man and prevailed. That's, that's a long name. Um, but one of the things that we learn about names, and in, in particularly in the Old Testament, in the New Testament as well, though, names matter. It's almost like everybody has a true name. There's something that really reflects your character. Maybe it's the one your parents gave you at birth, like Deceiver, for a time. But maybe it's not. Um... I'm junior. My mom will tell you I'm just like my father um, when she's mad at me. When she's not mad at me, she tells me I look like my father. Okay. Again, apologies to the 9 o'clock group. They heard that already. Uh, I warned them that was going to happen. God took a long time to work that change through Jacob. This was years, and it wasn't happy years. It was years of deceit and problems and arguing and, oh, they fought over whose sheep belonged to who, and it was, it was not a pleasant time. Um, but God worked on his character the whole way through, and when he has this wrestling match, he ends with a new name indicative of a new character. So we talked about God wanting you to go, God wanting you to stay. More core to all of this, and and it will work its way through in all of that going and staying, is who does God want you to be? Who is God making you to be? I will tell you, I'll skip to the end, because the end picture is Jesus, There was a character that we were created with. We were created in perfect relationship with God, our our, our creator. Because of that perfect relationship, we were righteous and holy. Imagine that. Uninterrupted fellowship. They walked with God in the garden, talked to him um, friend to friend. And then sin entered, and fellowship was broken. And the image of God that that was created into them was damaged. They passed that on to us. What is God's plan for us? Is it not to be restored to that image and to that relationship? Who does God want you to be? And how badly do you want to be that person? Uh, I loved it this morning. We were talking about this, this wrestling thing, and, and Janet brought up that, that very idea. How often will we hold on to God until he blesses us? God, I know you want to bless me. I know you want to do this thing in my life. I know you want to create this new peace in my character, and I am not going to let go of you until it happens. But that's not how we live, is it? We get caught up in 90-minute commutes and uncooperative people on the phone. And um, Sorry, I work on the phone about half a day. It would be nice if they'd split it up. Okay, these four hours you're on the phone, these four you're off. It's, it's not. It's, and uh, It's frustrating. People don't follow instructions. <laughs> they don't tell you what's actually going on. My computer doesn't work. Okay, what does that mean? That could mean a lot of things. I can't log into my account. Okay, that could mean a lot of things. Um, it's easy to get tied up in all of that and get upset and or frustrated or disappointed. And, and I know some of you have jobs where you have real problems. Um, some of you have lives where you have real problems. And if you don't, you will. You will. All of that serves to make you who God wants you to be. Are you going to hold on while that happens? Will you follow hard after Jesus? Is he really your living hope? That's about what I have this morning. I'd like to have something a little more organized. I did this, you know, like I said, while I was getting ready to come to Sunday school this morning. But, uh, But this is what the Holy Spirit said to me and what the Holy Spirit is saying to me this morning. Are you following when I say go? Are you staying when I say stay? Are you becoming the man that I want you to be? Are you becoming the man or woman that God wants you to be? And are you putting in the time And the effort and the focus to make that happen? Or are you just living your life from event to event to event and making do and hoping everything turns out all right in the end? Because God has a plan, and that plan is awesome. It may not always be happy, it may not always be easy, the way may not be clear, the staying, it may be tough. The change in character that may take some wrestling but God has a plan and that plan includes you let's pray Lord Jesus we thank you that we are not wandering the earth all on our own but that you have come alongside and sent your Holy Spirit so that we will have a guide and that we will have the influence that we, that we need to hear your call to answer your call, and to be obedient to your call. Help us, Lord, to know when it's time to go and to know when it's time to stay, but most importantly, through it all, that we are learning to be conformed to your image in us. We ask this in your name. Amen.